0: Hey guys and ladies, welcome to episode 8 of our footy fantasy podcast. Returning on this show, as always, my co-host, Buchi de Zaza. Sometimes Bucci comes on, sometimes Zaza. So which one is here today? Zaza is here today. Zaza is here today. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh. We also have a returning guest, uh, Coach Yemi, Tactic, Tactician Yemi, on the show. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Okay. Today, interesting one. I'm going to do a review of the League Cup. It was exciting. There were a couple of exciting games that came up. You know, it's good to see the kids play. You see, we, are, we always like to reference, you know, the quotes of one great, of a, uh, probably one of the greatest coach of all time in the... Um, Except in for England.
1: Manchester United, I chose not to play
0: kids. But can, it in England. <laughs> <laughs> in England, Matt Bosby, which the quote says... If you are good enough, you're old enough. Yes. So it was good to see kids all over. You know the Liverpool Arsenal game ended 5-5. And um, Chelsea United game, Manchester United beat Chelsea away 2-1. Man City, Southampton, and 3-1. We will start with the Liverpool Arsenal game. That was like a volleyball volleyball game. It was wild. That, that, that game was 5-5.
2: They went to penalties. That game was wild. As a Mourinho would say, it was a hockey score.
0: It was a hockey score. <laughs> <The> hockey score. <laughs> It was a wild game, and it was very <laughs> interesting to see um, Arsenal not be able to hold on, even though they were up with forty seconds to go Man. against the under 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 sixteen Liverpool side. <laughs> and that, also, that was interesting. <laughs> and then
1: also we actually saw we actually saw like the coming yeah. back of Mesillas.
0: That's true.
1: Mesillas was good, and it he played well. really well. Yeah. He played well. Now that, that one was like he Was sending a message to listen when I'm saying, Look, dude,
0: I'm ready to play, you just have to play me because I can solve all your creative problems. Yeah, they say he had some major problems, that's why he had seen that. I mean, he has major problems with the storms, he has played Fortnite consistently for. <laughs> <laughs> for the past one year <laughs> to the extent that fort, fortnight route Stop. Stop. That, but that came from nowhere, <laughs> that came from nowhere. <laughs> fortnight route a, a, a special letter to Nairam oh, please play this guy we are tired of him playing our games so <laughs> it
1: yeah, was yeah. a good game it was a good game I actually saw like, I saw I saw the game it was such a back and forth good open play I think both teams just forgot how to defend on that on that day and it was very good to watch a penalties ended the game but like it was good and it was good to see young young players i saw some young players that i've never seen in my life guys mostly mostly all these liverpool guys this bro is that guy elliot.
0: elliot i don't even
1: know their names if Rooster.
0: you yeah there was El- Brewster, El- El-
1: El- there was El- Chicken, there was whatever. Whoever <laughs> was playing,
0: guys <laughs> played.
1: And El- 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 it was, was
2: a good, good game. It was El- a El- El- very El- good game. Good.
0: I was impressed with Martinelli and Willock from Arsenal. Yeah. To be oh, able, yeah. Right? oh, yeah. Martinelli oh, yeah. was good. Uh, oh yeah. I Mr. believe Saka had
2: a good game too. Saka? No, Saka, sorry, had a good uh, game. Saka. Saka was... Um, what can I say? Unai Emery... Unai Emery seems to be a dead man walking... Because as Lefty Gomez once said, he said, I'd rather be lucky than good. And um, Naomi was good on that day, but he was unlucky. Uh, you needed a win. He really needed to win that game. It was a win he really, really needed. And he couldn't get it. Even to the last 30 seconds. Oh, my God. I felt bad for that guy. He's under so much pressure and he lose that kind of game. Especially when you go against your prototype. This is a guy that likes to play defensive football and he l- opened the game up and just went attack, attack, attack away from home and still lost it. I'm going to tell you that this guy will not play attacking football for the next three months because he's probably having nightmares about that game. But it was very interesting for us. We loved it. And I haven't seen a penalty shootout in a long time. So that was fun to see. You know the exact thing about penalty shootouts you know, no matter who you are supporting, I mean, I was a neutral in that game, but... The that tension that comes with it. Who's going to miss? Who's going to miss? Who's going to miss? And then, you know, but it was a good game. It had everything. Could it also be, could it also be, be like simply because of Liverpool,
1: the standard at which they are playing, the belief they're coming to each game now. It's like, man, they're walking into each game knowing that they want to win. So listen, and that rubs off even on your younger players because you come with that lifted head. Like, yes, hey man, we're playing. Amen. This, this is Liverpool. And then we're winners. We just won the Champions League last season. So much confidence. And then your younger players ride, they ride on those confidence mm-hmm. too as well. So mm-hmm.
0: That's fair. That's a very good point. Fearless. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Creating club is, you know, there's this new soundbite that's going around somewhere. I'm not going to name names. They're saying cultural reboot. Club, club is actually doing what we call a cultural reboot in the way he has created a winning mentality in that club and he's there right in the way so I just yeah. you know so not to answer yeah. your question but to further add to what you just mm-hmm. said it's a cultural reboot that's what he's doing right dude, there Dude, there's no cultural reboot the guy won for finally
2: he won that's just it finally this dude won a big trophy and then validated his tactics validated all his suffering this guy is a serial loser been losing for years, and then he finally wins, and all of a sudden he's creating a cultural boot. Nah, dude, he won. That's the thing about that thing. I said, I'd rather be lucky than good. Because if Pochettino won that game, we would have been something else. Did he just do. call Klopp a serial loser? I man, dude, that's been losing for a long time, man. Come on, let's be honest. It's been a while since he won a trophy. We probably got about seven or eight years.
1: No, you won two league champions. Like seven or eight years ago. No, no,
2: not really. Yes, it was like 2002. dude. Yeah, two thousand and two. So two thousand and twelve. Excuse me, or something like that. Not, not <laughs> no. two thousand and two. Excuse me, but that's <laughs> Come 2012. on. Yeah, you know wow, Like he, he had he had basically been the guy that was losing a lot of finals, and you
1: know people. You know, but he yeah. was losing a lot of finals mm. with squad players that were the first season he came to Liverpool. He got to some final. Was I lost it. I lost it. But I'm like squashed, with
0: what? I'm going to no, but with we what players? Mental, uh,
1: uh, Please, opinion, give him
0: props. Mm, I'm going to squash meet that mm. player that. Fans and pundits like to say someone is a loser. How many trophies are there out there to go, to go around? That's the honest truth. How many trophies are there out there to go around in comparison to the amount of great and good managers out there? True. How many and, trophies? And, and great and good coaches. And great and good teams. The ability for a coach to constantly build and rebuild teams and build winning teams for club, for Mains, to Dortmund, now to Liverpool, is what makes Coaches, winners. In my opinion, to build and rebuild teams and keep them challenging. That consistency, be able to do that and play a certain type of football during that. Not oh, I'm at this team and playing no a certain type of attacking football consistently. Now, yes, winning is important. I agree, but if it, if winning is more important than the ability to build and build the teams. We could have said uh, Manchester United as a club. Should have stuck with Mario, right? He won mm-hmm. the Europa Cup. What, what, how, hold on, hold on. Hold on. How? That? What did that do for the development Manchester United, the winning Europa Cup? Did nothing. It did nothing. Or Cup. So I think a lot of times football fans put winning, overrate winning more than looking at what you have to do to get there. Winning is important. I reiterate I reiterate. it is very, very important. Mm-hmm. What is more important is building a team in a sustainable way. In in this model, I'm building structures for that team while you are doing this. That's my opinion. So
1: that they can dominate for years to come. Correct. That's what you're trying to say.
2: Look, 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 look,
0: look. We're deviating from topic. Yeah, but quickly,
2: (laughs) I'm just going to say this fast and say, look, simply, modern football, you don't have time to build. If you don't start winning, there's nothing you're building. You're going (laughs) to be out of the door. True. Faster than you can, then the door will close. They'll probably kick the door on your bum. This is the simple truth. You've got to win to keep a job.
0: You've got to get results to keep a job. You don't have time to build nothing. Don't, don't misquote me. Mm-hmm. When I said building and building structures, I'm not saying the team has to tank. There should be steady progress. Don't okay. misquote me. I'm not saying uh, uh, in, in order to build, there should be steady progress. When the team is steadily progressing year on year, and it's not like everlasting, it can't be everlasting. Nobody's going to give it eight years, nine years, six years. But within a three-year, three to four-year span, if you are building a team and your team is competing, it has to be competitive. I'm not saying having a team and your team is finishing. For example, now the most important thing in the most part is top four, top three. If you are finishing eight, nine, no, that's unacceptable. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is building a team the steady progress as you're adding to those things to that team and you guys are competitive playing attacking football so if you're if you are coaching a team in the top in the top side people want to see attack people want football is entertainment people want to be entertained. people want to see attacking football people want to see that when well, you are doing that progressively and the combination of that is winning in my opinion that is way more important than just aiming for because we have this is my reality about football nowadays this, it is very, very hard to get a quick fix solution to win the major trophies. It's very hard now. Nah. There's That's no quick fix right. solution for, for major trophies. If you want to win, like I always call them, the paper, paper cup trophies, uh, League Cup, Europa mm-hmm. Cup, those are paper. Those that does, that doesn't. Count even, them. even those
2: trophies have been sucked up by the big clubs anyway. Correct. So, so, Europa League you, now.
1: Europa League now.
2: If, if you're not, if you're not legit, you're not winning it. You're not winning so, that yeah. stuff.
0: Man. Let's let's dive. We digress back yeah. to um, League Cup fixtures. Manchester City, they have a a knack for getting easier fixtures and uh, disaster this time. Just give us a list. I was thinking (laughs) about this thing and
2: and, and I started wondering, look, you know, what are the football girls trying to do here? Because let's try and make things a little bit harder for this guy, man. Come on. Best team in the country by a mile. His reserve team can... Can actually get top six in the Premier League easily, and this is who they played in the cup games in the past two, three years: Preston, Southend, Fulham, Bolton, Rotherham, Oxford twice, Burnley, Newport, Swansea, Brighton, Wolves. Where Wolves win the Championship, Bristol City. The only Premier League teams they played in the cup over the past three seasons are Leicester City and West Brom. I wonder. Wait, 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 wait. You know. Liverpool and Arsenal have probably played each other every season in the past four or five years in one of the cup competitions, and Man City just keeps keeping this stuff. You know, that's why they keep getting this the semi-final. So I've got to ask a question. Is the FA or somebody doing some, you know, little bit of, a, like they say, Nigeria, magomago? Behind the screens, you know, somebody fiddling with the buttons of that computer, and then it's giving this guys Margo, favorite pictures. what yeah, is that? that. <laughs> you know, like, you know, a little bit of uh, match fixing, you know, somebody touching this thing a little oh, people, it looks that's what like. okay. Yeah, it's very, 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 very easy. These guys are just riding, like, guess what they're playing now? They're playing Oxford City again. So I'll tell you something. i already in the
0: semifinals of the Carabao Cup, the League Cup. Let's not. It's, I wish we can protest about this, but you know, what what can we do as football fans just watching? On see them sweep, sweep everything. So are you saying they are going to get the trouble? That's a different <laughs> conversation. That was just. I wish. I wish I could
2: answer that question, but the problem is that I believe Liverpool are looking for so they might stop them somewhere. But um, yeah, that was a great game. The Liverpool game was good. Uh, um, Masti were the machine that they were. But I think the most interesting game, and it was also an ironical game because we were talking about kids. uh, Yemi was talking about seeing kids without names. And the godfather of Old Trafford, Samad Bosby, once said that as long as you're good enough, you're old enough. And he's among the Premier League teams that played in the quarterfinals. Sorry, in the... The round before the quarterfinals—I forgot what the round is called. Fifth round. F- fifth round. They fielded the oldest and most experienced side, despite supposedly having the most exciting youngsters in English football. So some of the most exciting youngsters, and they got a good result. Maybe they really needed that win, and the manager did that. But I was very,
0: you know, surprised that that the the team I saw—it was a old kid played now, Lingard. The upcoming twenty-seven-year kid. Oh. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: uh, j Links, <laughs> <Jay-Ling, laughs> baby, <laughs> damn <daddy> master. But <laughs> that, that's the Moon thing. all over Emery. <laughs> I saw a free kick that was out of this world. You know, if you actually saw the screenshots after that game, the referee actually had his hands over his mouth because he couldn't scream. I think he covered his mouth because he was such a shocking, freaking that ball kind of like disobeyed the laws of gravity. went up in the air and hung there and was floating like, you know, some kite. <laughs> wow. And then I saw Anthony Marshall, who was closest to the goalkeeper, raise his hand. like, oh, my God, what did I just see? That was... But what was actually most surprising wasn't the free kick, but who took it, because this was a guy that used to kill in bed with his <laughs> free kicks. Um... Marcus Rashford. <laughs> and then he put this I'm straight up there. I'm also relocating disabled stands. <laughs> I, I don't travel. I'm a guy here. He
0: has relocated to disabled stands. <laughs> because of his, the trajectory <laughs> of his free kids.
1: But I want so. to give kudos. If I can give kudos. I'm sorry to cut That's you off, okay. Booty. Mm-hmm. I want to give kudos to Rashford. Because he's one guy that steps up. I have seen him play trash play 20 free kicks, and some of them don't even go close to the pole. No, but he will always step up. There's a penalty. He might miss the first one, but he will step up. He's a guy that, in big games, has stepped up so far. Maybe not every big game. No, but if there'll be two, three goals scored, he's either scoring or probably he has a hand in the goal. So at least, I mean, I want to, he has been getting a whole lot of, a whole lot of words Flags on, on, like his game, but like on that day, that free kick was probably one of the best I've seen.
2: Okay,
1: in a very, very it was long a time. good free
2: kick. And uh, talking of commending 200k, I baby, I want to commend Mitsu Bashwai, the batman. man. Mm-hmm. He missed a very presentable chance in that game to pull the game level, but the boy kept going and um. He got a very good goal. Like he literally bullied three defenders. So in some cases, they said five, but what I saw was three. There were two others around, but he ran through three of them and kind of like, you know, overpowered Maguire and took a very, very good shot. You know, I, I like that. I like players that don't get, put their heads down. And, and that's why I keep saying this thing about kids. When people say um, kids get... um. You know, say kids can easily get burnt out. But no, I found out that kids are some of the most refreshing people in soccer because what they do is they make a mistake, but they have someone to believe. You can't put them down. And um, I like the Batman, not just for that game, but over the past um, few weeks, he's been coming off the bench and, you know, getting one or two goals here. Um, so I have to confess that uh,
0: I'm impressed with him
2: and his attitude.
0: Since uh, this podcast, people are just commenting and giving people a shout-out. I'll give my own shout-out. Mm-hmm. Uh, since it's a, the League Cup is pretty much about kids, so the, the man who has played kids, even in League Cup, Champions League games, and in the League games, I'll give him a shout-out. Super Frankie Lampard for what he has done with those kids, for losing. Gracefully. Losing his best player. Mm-hmm. Overall, Hazard. and also his best midfielder Hazard, losing Can't Hazard, take. losing his best defender, and has gone on with the job. You know, but I think we probably talked about this on the last episode a little bit, but mm. he's in a good job. So that ends that, and we use that and to kind of talk about something that is you know very interesting in soccer: the drop in quality or standard of elite players in the past decade. There's been an ongoing debate. I've seen in so many soccer forums in different places in comparison from the 90s in comparison to the 2000s, 90s and to this generation. If there's a drop in quality of the players or there's not, you know? And we're going to start with uh, Pucci, Dizaza. Tell Tell us why, why there's a drop. What drop? What drop? What a drop.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's no <laughs> drop in football. There's no drop in quality. I think the level of football has improved. Yes. I think the level of football has improved. I'm a young man what. that started watching football actively about 20-odd years ago. And when people tell me the level of football has dropped, I started laughing because when I really started watching football, people would leave a football, a professional footballer would leave a football game and go and drink some beer and come back and play his heart out. When I started watching football, the greatest footballers used to stroll on the pitch, some of them could hardly run. If I can start naming names of guys that could hardly run, you can't do that now. It's one of the reasons why people like Ozil are getting lost in games and being benched by managers. People like Mata. In 20 years ago, one Mata would still continue playing football at 34 because his style was very adaptable to the kind of football then. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that the greats of those days are not good, but a lot of them would struggle to play football today. People are telling me the, the, the level of football has dropped. Okay, let me tell you something. Statistically, in 1998, if you scored 20 Premier League goals, you were a good striker. You were a good, good, good striker. If you scored 20 Premier League goals now, you're just, you know, a little bit above average. Because guess what? In the likes of Agüero. The likes of Harry Kane. Lukaku. Come on, man. <laughs> the likes of uh, Raheem Sterling. These guys have made scoring goals like water. It's like easy. These guys are banging in goals year after year after year. They're banging in 30 goals. Wingers are scoring goals. Like, Let me remind you that a certain winger at one point, not a striker, scored 30 goals back-to-back in the Premier League, and his name was... Cristiano Ronaldo. Before that, was another guy that was a winger called Henry. And people were making noise. Now, last season, there were, there were three or four guys that got almost 30 goals. They played as strikers, though. Hmm? They did, but not most of the... Um, Ronaldo, at one point, played as striker in, in the middle, but the first season when he scored 30 goals, he was playing from the wing. Then they shifted in the next season. Henry was scoring 20-something goals and Van These guys, were, and people were making noise. Aubameyang and... Um, Aguero and Harry Kane have made 25 goals, like, nothing. If
0: they don't score 25 goals, it's not a good season for them now. Okay. So, so I absolutely disagree with what you've said. Okay. Because, especially because the, the, the discussion was quality. hmm Okay. Now, if you, if you tell me the athleticism in football right now has increased, football, football players are more athletic. I agree with that. But when it comes to the quality... Of, of players, and I the reason why I say this is back in the days you had a high amount of say, for example, quality strikers, a whole host in comparison to now. Back in the days, you have your people like the Van Zamorano, mm-hmm. Batista, these are mm-hmm. guys that the skill set was complete. What you see now in modern day football is you have a striker who's a space merchant, mm-hmm. you have a striker who's a box guy, mm-hmm. you have a striker who's a sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. It is very hard to see someone like Suarez at his peak mm-hmm. and maybe a girl at his peak who has pace, a sharp shooter, technical control. What you see now is very, very limited strikers. You know, people like your Lukakus, your Moratas. Abomayen is a very limited striker. Very, very limited. He's a, good, he's, he's, a, he's a tapping merchant. He's a box merchant. That's all he knows how to do. Back in the days, you had people like uh, Gabriel Batistuta who could do everything. Mm-hmm. The Zamoranos, they could do everything. Ronaldo, they could do everything. Uh, even people like wingers like so Del or Del who do everything the difference is i think a lot of people what they see is the fact like you said the athleticism is more i agree that the athleticism is more now athleticism doesn't necessarily it's not the only quality of a player if you tell me that athleticism is higher i agree with that but i think the standard of elite stri- elite players what we call elite has dropped and that has made people like messi and cristiano ronaldo i think that those are all-time greats. i agree but that's made them look, in my opinion, extra exceptional now. Because the gap between those guys, because if those guys, in my opinion, those guys have come the time of Ronaldo da Lima, the time of Ronaldo, Dio, they probably would have still been the best players because of their athleticism. But the gap won't be as wide. Now, right now, the gap between those two guys and the next footballer for the last 10 years has been so wide it's almost like a canyon. It's like a Grand Canyon. And that 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 is my very honest and humble opinion.
1: Uh, <clears throat> I am sort of in between. I'm in between because you because what are the diplomatic. parameters? What are the parameters? What are the parameters to measure? In between us. In between us. It's In, in us. As in, <laughs> as in, as in, like the quality is down or probably the quality is up. It's in between. There's a whole lot of factors that play into this. Style of play, coaching. What are we trying to do? Younger players now, nutrition, everything has fallen in place. Where like now, players are now this adaptable. Where like they can do more. In those days, defenders were defenders. You defended. That was your job. Until the time we started seeing the likes of Roberto Carlos, Lizarazu's, these guys that were left backs, but pretty much left wing wingers. Yes, wing backs. Total football, Netherlands. They were the first people to do it. And this was in the 70s. And way. this was in the 70s. But now it's like they took that. Now everybody's doing it now. So that's, I won't say that the quality has dropped. i just say that roles of players have changed to a point where you don't need to be all in all in all positions. Because you can be great here if you run into the middle. There's somebody there that you are going to be hitting. You are in somebody else's space. Because now football is played in zones. In those days, they do a lot of man-marking. Now, they do zonal marking. People press, you do this, you move here. Defenders are now playing further forward. When defenders play further forward, what space will the number 10 have now to start running? And just, it's, it's just like the Maradona's of this world. You can't wiggle through because as, as, like, as you're trying to wiggle through, you probably run through your own player, run through another player. So now, listen, the game is changing to a point where we now have much more athletic players we have much more diverse coaching to a point where now to a point where now listen coaches are now now saying move here move here i want my players to be positioned here i want my players to be positioned here if you are positioned here you don't need to be you don't need to do everything just one or two touches how many players now do do it we see that that and we take a ball and just dribble through and go and score we don't see much of that why because even, even medicine, uh, coaches coaches have learned how to defend against that. So now it's, it's a lot of stuff. You, I can't tell you if it has improved or if quality has reduced. I really because there's so much things that go into football now. That there's
2: something you said that I like. You mentioned the name and I started laughing because, you see, you, you actually helped me to make my point. You mentioned Roberto Carlos. And once you mentioned Roberto Carlos, I remember somebody I love very much. Cafu. Yeah, Cafu too. Right? Roberto Carlos right. and Cafu were a refreshment around, from around 98 to 2002. They were what you would call wingbacks. Great yeah. footballers with Arzu, like you mentioned. But I, I particularly wanted to, you know, Cafu. I remember Cafu very well because Cafu was a groundbreaker. He was. He was a he was. kind of footballer. So then, him and Santa, Roberto Carlos.
0: Yeah. As a
2: shout-out to Telly Santana for yeah. converting him. Yes. Yeah. Now, why, why I remember, why I picked him up was because I can name in today's football six wingbacks that play like Cafu and Roberto Carlos. Yes. Easily. Yes. Easily. Yes. They play, like, basically that's the thing that you talk about athleticism like it's not a skill. But being more athletic is actually part of what makes football different. The defenders that play football these days are great. They're so good that you have to be a space merchant, Because this is not the time when... Um, what's his name? Batista is, is my favorite striker of all time. I, probably, I love him more than I love Ronaldo. But you cannot be a stationary guy. He wasn't a stationary guy. But what I'm saying is you couldn't trap the ball and turn around and beat this guy. You know, you didn't have that space anymore. What you got to do is drift out because these defenders are so good. So what has now happened is that footballers and managers have had to adapt to a game that is faster True. and more fast-paced. True. If you drive a car, right? And, and uh, I apologize, but I'm one of those people that like to drive fast. Uh, you cannot tell me that you're driving a car at 80 miles an hour is the same thing as driving at 40 miles an hour. It takes Basically, more Listen
0: to this podcast. Don't, don't be like Zaza. Don't be, like,
2: be like, not a good role model when driving. <laughs> <be> like, <"Io." laughs> driving a car at 80 miles an hour takes more skills than driving at 40. True. It, and it actually takes far more skill than driving at 20 miles an hour. True. So if these guys were able to play cruise control, that's what I call it cruise control throughout the game, when you could have Eric Antona, who hardly ran, you know, he's a god oh. of football, he's uh-huh. the god of the Premier League, but he hardly ran. Can you imagine Eric Cantona doing that today? He would get eaten up by Van Dijk and Cole. They would just eat him up. And
1: one more thing also is, we have to look at it this way too as well. Now, man, we are seeing defenders. What is being said about defenders now, if you don't know how to take the ball out of the back and play passes and probably quarterback, quarterback from center defense, you are not a good defender. Goalkeepers then in those days, you just had to catch the ball and save the ball from going into your neck, into the net. Now, eh, your number one criteria... Is you must know how to play with your leg. So, I, 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 again, again, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I I can't say that the quality has dropped. I can say football has changed. Uh, No, football is changing because football is changing, styles of players have changed. In those days, we had defensive midfielders that were just. Defensive midfielders. Now we have box-to-box players. Players that can play defensive midfield. Defenders that can jump into defensive midfield position. We, I, just, I saw this in Van Dyke Made a pass that I actually thought that it was Messi that,
2: like that passed the ball. And that was a pass from a defender. Things are changing. Well, uh, last thing before we go, one last thing I would say is, weirdly, when we talk about ball-playing defenders, no matter how many there are today, no matter how good they've become, the greatest ball-playing defender of all time will always be that Kaiser. Franz Beckham ball. So good. Yep. It was a criminal offense to play him in centre-back. Yep. He was that great of a footballer. I mention mention player. Frank Reichardt. You know, so that's the weird thing about Luther it. Luther Mateus. They've always been great footballers. They've <laughs> always been great footballers. So... Yeah. I, this this argument will go on forever and we will probably do this again in a few months. or maybe we'll do it again next year, but we don't have an answer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
0: <laughs> this is a nostalgic episode, guys. We're <laughs> <laughs> going to round up. <laughs> Naming
1: guys from 1923.
0: We're <laughs> <laughs> going to round up on a nostalgic episode. <laughs> if you like uh, this episode, if you like our show, what we do, follow us, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcast, iTunes, leave us follow, share, like, Footy Fantasy, which is F O O T I E, one word, the Footy Fantasy Podcast. Um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yemi, Coach Yemi, thanks for coming. Zaza Bucci, thanks for coming. Too much much noise about Van
2: Dyke. Too much noise about Van Dyke. Oh, no, no. Bucci too is a coach,
1: his team is dominating the league. Let's clap for the chicken. Thank you,
2: thank you, thank you, thank you, so, you thank you.
0: Okay. Thank you.